If you like this episode of The Hosley Show, be sure to check out the second half of this series, where we discuss the second half of Kaylee's playlist. And if you have any burning questions you'd like to hear us talk about, you can reach us on Twitter at The Hosey Show. You know the ink blot test? Yeah. Yeah, they're, <laughs> they're that. Songs are Rorsach. Rorsach? I don't know. Rorsach? Yeah, I know what you're blots. talking about. But Thank like, you. I don't know the... <laughs> <laughs> I don't know the name. I'm bad with names. Rorschach. Yeah, that's gonna bother me. How do you spell it? Rorschach. I don't know. <laughs> I don't songs know how you spell are... that. <laughs> R-O-R-S-C-H-A-C-H. Hey, you're so right. I know. I should have <laughs> known that. Doing Roar. psychology. Anyway. Um. <laughs> Hello, and welcome back to The Hosey Show. My name is Rihanna. My name's Victoria. And this is episode three. So, music. Yeah, music. I'm really <laughs> excited to discuss uh, the playlist um in this episode we'll be discussing kaylee bryant's season three josette lucas saltzman playlist and um straight off the bat she's a psycho (laughs) in a good way though in a very good way it's it's brilliant (laughs) um yeah i feel like especially the green day one i'm like how did she find not just the perfect song, but the perfect album, the perfect like musical. I don't understand how she did this. To be honest, I would have never thought to like connect it. Yes, I'm. I'm curious on how she like what was the process of finding these songs because every single song, um, each track, there's like nine or ten songs. Um, it's like from across all genres it's really interesting how it goes from like post grunge into r&b into <laughs> sapphic claro claro <laughs> claro into <laughs> all that it's really interesting um days like post punk or something I don't know. yeah um, post grunge and all that but yeah. yeah so either she like scoured the internet for like weeks or she's just super into music and yes. already knew all of this um yeah going into um green day's whole album seeing how it's a broadway thing i think we could like that seems mm-hmm. like a how she might have discovered that and it totally works with uh josie hope and landon um, yeah i bet yeah. she saw the musical definitely and like or binged that soundtrack. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm sure she did that, like, later. If she saw the musical, like, Once Upon a Time, then I guess, like, I could see why she would connect it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's such a, it's such a interesting song to even have for Josie, but, like, when you really look into it, and especially after having watched episodes one through five, now we can, like, put in connect and map out exactly like what the story is telling us in um letter bomb and in the first song what is it called extraordinary girl 
extraordinary girl, right? And yeah. Yeah, it's interesting because it's like two parts, and I feel like it's a seven-minute journey. Yeah, the two different parts I think are like representing different things. I'm not sure, but letter bomb. Like if you know the backstory to the story album or the um, musical, which was kind of like the same storyline, then it just fits so well. It's unbelievable. Yeah. So let's get into the playlist. Okay, so the first Un- track is, I don't know how to pronounce that. Unprodigal Daughter. <laughs> Unprodigal or Unprodigal? I, I think it's Prodigal. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think Unprodigal is a made-up word. I think I so, think too. They just... But it's like Prodigy. prodigy yeah, a right? Prodigy. Yeah, I think it's made up. Possibly. Yes. So it's like this post-grunge, reckless... <laughs> hard rock song um, yeah that's fun. the other thing <laughs> the tracks on this playlist are from like all over all over um, so I feel like Kaylee put a lot everything. of like effort into it yeah or, or like music means enough to her to know all of these things which means either way like it's like every track Super that impressive. she selected was significant in a way you know yes yeah yeah so (laughs) this This song i think is like 301 and 302 which josie isn't even in but i think it's like her decision to leave and go to um europe this is the post dark josie journey yeah if you look at like the lyrics it says this is um, definitely like how she was feeling in the field day episode where she was like sitting mm-hmm. there um curled yeah. up in herself in her sweatshirt it's like her ostracization <laughs> from yes. Alyssa especially but from like the whole student body because there's like a whole stanza where it's like when I'd speak of artistry you would roll your eyes skyward when I'd speak of spirituality you label me absurd so it's kind of like like people being patronizing and like yeah looking down on her in a way and that's sort of like the motivation for her leaving i think because the rest of the song is about um about like being a disgrace to her family right basically Basically the opposite of a prodigy because she that's the entire song you know like she is this she is the headmaster's daughter she has a lot of expectations on her She's basically a progeny and a sorts, a legacy. Mm-hmm. And now she's, quote, disenchanted daughter and unencumbered, encumbered daughter. Mm-hmm. And now she has to just get the fuck out of there. Yeah. Um, because she's just been ostracized, like you say. Yeah. There's like a lot here that's like talking about, like, I just see like clear allusions to leaving town like this plane cannot fly fast enough and um one day i'll settle back and speak foreign adventures like it's clearly like a decision to leave yes to try and escape her problems too which i feel like kind of reflects that line in the therapy box where um she says that 
she runs away from her problems like this is kind of like embodying yeah. that where and that's like hope's um point of view yeah and i feel like it's kind of like straightforward in that way um yeah i where... think this song is pretty straightforward in josie's um whole situation in 301 um yeah yeah, yeah i think it's her decision to leave and then disengaging obviously... with everyone mm -hmm. ashamed of her actions as dark josie yeah and um and also and just speak being of like... foreign adventures like one day she'll open up to someone about the time that she right. did all that dark shit and being cast out by the student body I feel yes. like that's kind of that's the whole like I don't think there's that much more to read into it um, yeah. so we this can, part anyway we can go on so that's certainly 301 and 302 is like eh she's not in that episode but we can like yeah we can assume in. she's having foreign adventures or whatever yeah <laughs> yep yeah, the next song I feel like you can read into this like for like I could talk about it for a year. Yes, okay. <laughs> so here we have Green Days Extraordinary Girl slash Letter Bomb. Um right. Haley was really smart to have two songs for the price of one, probably to make up for the fact that she had nothing for three oh two. So she was like, I'm gonna throw in this seven minute <laughs> journey. <laughs> well yeah, I feel like um in the actual album it actually I think is listed like that so these yep. songs are meant to be linked together um in the album yep. but in the musical so there's a musical so this is why i feel like this is supposed to be linked to the 303 um yes and that her choosing this song from a musical was kind of maybe deliberate maybe not <laughs> maybe <laughs> i'm just reading into it but um yeah i think she sort of looked for like a musical song and i don't know like if that's what she's actually doing it's very it's brilliant because the it's way really that intricate. this yeah the way that this song lines up with like what josie's mindset looks like in this episode is really interesting to me um yes. yeah so there is a musical um based on like this Green Day album, or I guess like all their albums actually, um, mm -hmm. where the lead singer wrote this book about all of his works and then it ended up being converted into a musical. Um, but what I find like really interesting about it is that, so the main character is like, he has like a dual personality um mm -hmm. where and we call that saint jeremy is it saint jimmy saint jimmy and and uh the jesus of suburbia suburbia so, so there's saint a lot of like jimmy. themes in the album that's what i'm kind of interested about is like whether she looked at the musical itself or whether she kind of like sprung off of the musical and looked at the album itself because the album yeah. is about the relationship between like saint jimmy and his love interest who he calls what's her name <laughs> literally um yeah it seems like she was she might have seen the broadway version of it 
Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's song. very possible. I think like, mm-hmm. I think she might have like looked further into the song, listened to the song outside of that, and then sort of reinterpreted it in like a looser way for Josie's. Um, yeah, Josie's like relationships and everything. Yeah, but I'm so... not entirely sure. Um, but I really like your interpretation. Yeah, I think that it's like, so there's two parts of the song where it's actually like two separate songs. So even in the musical, it's like there's songs separating these, but she chose Extraordinary Girl and Letter Bomb, which in the actual album itself, those are linked together. So what I think like the first part, the extraordinary girl, I think that it's sort of like Josie's third person perspective on Handon. Yes. Um, and like her mindset and what she's sort of like deliberating over leading up to her comment to Landon of um, you've given up on her like twice. <laughs> Which was delivery. like, yeah. It's so. <laughs> That line, like, Cunning. so, yeah, it's so, like, calculated, and I really, like, I don't know, Kaylee's delivery of that line, it's, like, you it's so interesting. You've like, twice. Yeah, it's sort of, like, explosive, it's, like, something that she's been thinking of before, it's not, like, something that came to her mind, like, in the moment, it's, like, mm-hmm. that, um, line is sort of something that's been, like, bothering her. And it sort of, like, explodes from her. Mm-hmm. And I think that she delivers it in a way that makes it seem like the entire conversation has been, like, calculated leading up to that moment. And um, the way she exited, she was like, I said what I needed to say. Yep. Bye. Yeah, exactly. Like, no sort regret. Of like backs away, like, this conversation's <laughs> done because I did what I intended to do. Um, yeah. But yes, Landon like jaw dropped. Like fuck, someone actually called me out on my bullshit that I don't. I don't recognize that I have bullshit, but she just called me out. I thought we had, I thought we had made friends. (laughs) No, (laughs) Josie's like I'm on to you. Yeah, yeah. Which I don't know. It's just such like uh, an interesting line to me because it sort of like shows. I think that Josie's showed that in the past where, like, she sort of orchestrates conversations in a way where she has, like, a certain goal. Like, even with the you poked yourself scene, she wants to know, like, where Raph is. And Mm -hmm. she sort of, like, designs the conversation to go in a certain direction Mm -hmm. to get to that information she wants. So this conversation was, like... She designed the steps to get to, she wants to deliver this information, which is kind of like a warning. Um, Mm -hmm. But that shows that, like, it's something that's been, like, festering in her mind beforehand, which I think this song kind of shows that. It shows, like, her mindset about Handon, like, leading up to that and, like, why she wanted to say that. Yeah. Um, If this song is, like, a third-person perspective on her opinion on Handon where Hope is the extraordinary girl and Landon is the quote he lacks the courage in his mind yeah and, like a child left behind yes and so c- 
because we didn't get any Hope and Josie interactions in episode three. However, if you understand her character, you will also understand that um, Hope has not left Josie's mind um, in the way that she's like always thinking, um, why is Hope distancing herself from me? Why is she not seeing like how Landon treats her because I heard this rumor uh, that he gave up on her like mm-hmm. <laughs> last night at the dock and we know that she could probably name so many more times but the times that she can pick out is 207 um, mm-hmm. that's the first time to her I guess that he had given up on hope and Josie cares about hope so of course she's going to be like festering that sort of like bitterness of how Landon continues to treat Hope like that but then still they seem to be they still seem to like put a band-aid on it and Mm -hmm. that bothers Josie so when you look at this song and how it's like uh, these two characters in the song are hand in, and then Josie's just um, narrating it. Yeah. If she's the narrator of this song. Then she's also like just criticizing, being critical of Handon in her own mind, and like also like fed up with how Hope just can't see that, and also fed up with how Landon pretends like he isn't <laughs> full of bullshit. So that also motivates her. Right for moving on to Mystic Falls. Right, yeah. And I feel like the chorus is kind of like where you can see that, where the chorus is, she's all alone again, wiping the tears from her eyes. Some days he feels like dying. She gets so sick of crying. So I actually think that it's kind of brilliant that she like chose the song because if this was her intention, which it might not have been, if it's not even chronological, I don't know. But we're going to assume it was. Um, <laughs> it feels chronological, and it feels like we're right. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> it feels, yeah, it always feels like we're right. So. <laughs> uh. um, yeah, but some days he feels like dying. So, like, it's interesting because, like, in, like, the original writing of the song, the intention wasn't that the character literally dies over and over again, but... no. Like, in Legacies, Landon dies over and over again, and Hope cries about it. (laughs) (laughs) And, like, is just constantly caught up in this relationship, and, like, it's the same sort of obsession that would happen in a toxic relationship, like, um, this song is describing. Um, A toxic relationship. Yeah, literally. Mm-hmm. I, that's what I really love about like shows that are because I feel like they can use like a metaphor yep for something that's more like literal mm. it sort of just highlights it and shows oh this relationship is toxic but amplifies it, it yeah it shows it as literally toxic and then it can sort of point out uh, yeah the fact that Malivore and Hope and Landon they're all like elementally toxic to each other but if you go deeper into it all of that is just a metaphor for truly how their relationship they're not good for each other right and is not good for hope hope is not good for land and both are stunted in that relationship 
on it's honestly so <laughs> depressing to see how Malivor like Landon right he's like the biological son of like a creature that like absorbs people and like mm-hmm. takes them on like their identities and everything and takes that um and that's just all a metaphor for how this relationship has completely had Landon has stripped hopes hope of her identity so it's just an impressive metaphor for that toxic relationship yeah and I feel like that's sort of like that energy of absorbing or taking the energy of somebody else it's just exhausted metaphor of like narcissism or something like that where somebody in a relationship feeds on the other partner which in real life isn't as obvious as literally feeding on somebody's blood but in like a supernatural show it looks more obvious it points it out and then it sort of amplifies what's going on under the surface by associating it with that yeah which is kind of why i don't know we're getting off track but that (laughs) that's what i like about um supernatural stories yeah that it amplifies things that are actually common in a way that people can see in a more literal light and then sort of associate just like with this song um extraordinary girl it's a this song is like full of metaphors and everything but the show like legacies when you map it out it's like more literal um yeah and that just yeah. goes to show how <laughs> how Kaylee chose the perfect two songs to just show that relationship and she's not even like when she's Josie in the musical it's not like we see a lot of Josie being Josie actually like the only time we really saw um Josie in the musical was when she's like calling out Landon and also like being confused on why everyone, why Lizzie wants her to play uh, Elena, the main protagonist. So her her thing in the episode is figure out why I don't, I didn't want to, what did she say? Like, I didn't want to acknowledge that I could be like Elena because that would mean, because mm-hmm. that would mean accepting that I share her same journey. And what was her journey? Yeah, that we're going through the same thing. That's what she said. Um, yeah. Which, yeah. Yeah. And like, it's funny when you, like, exactly? we can analyze the musical, the songs itself, um, specifically the Don't Think About Damon, that song. That's literally, like, Josie in the mm-hmm. the long in the long term. In the grander scheme of things, that's literally about... Josie not wanting to think about hope. She wants to, but she can't because if she does, then she's fucked um, (laughs) because she knows that hope is in a relationship, but she also knows that that relationship is shitty and she's frustrated with herself and frustrated with hope, so she has to step away from that, and it's like just perfect in-universe casting that Josie got to be Elena. Right. So yeah, the writers were clever with that yeah. I think that Josie is like such a introverted character 
like more introverted than most other characters which is why something like this with like a playlist is so interesting to me because it gives insight into what's going on inside of her mind because yeah Katie Bryant knows that better than anyone considering she actually plays her um and I know that didn't you say that Kaylee like journals as Josie yeah I think she once I maybe this is like a fake memory but I feel like she said once that she definitely journals I think there's also a live too a behind the scenes where she was caught on camera journaling but she basically writes a diary in the perspective of Josie to prepare for the episode and I find that really impressive and it's like really great insight yeah well Um, it makes sense for her character I think because yeah not a lot of Josie shows on the surface um yeah not really at least like she doesn't say a lot of what she's thinking because she's oh, sort no. of like codependent. We, have to we have to like that means that uh we have to rely and i think kaylee knows this too even if she's like in a scene but she's not speaking we have to just like read her face yeah um she's like a very emotional character um right but that means that like her motives you're not gonna just find them in dialogue because she's not gonna just tell people it is not gonna be an exposition we have to understand the character to be able to see like sure she may not be telling us that she's thinking of like how hope perceives her but we know that in 301 in the field day episode that she's like scolding herself for because she doesn't know like because alark didn't tell the school honestly like where was hope he was mm-hmm. just like, oh, she's mourning because Landon is dead. You guys go out and have fun, though. And then, like, you can tell um, she doesn't say anything in the assembly, but she looks fucking miserable. And, like, mm-hmm. being able to understand, like, in 216 where she just, like, saved her, um, of course Josie is going to feel incredibly, like, probably fully guilty that she is the reason why um Mm -hmm. Landon is dead because Hope wasn't there to help him so she feels uh she wants to take that blame and she wants to punish herself I guess but you just wouldn't see that in her dialogue no not at all she wouldn't just say that which (laughs) I don't know that's interesting like this whole playlist thing is interesting to me because you get insight into the motives for her behavior um right because it's how kaylee prepares so right so anyway yeah the um that verse she sees the mirror of herself an image she wants to sell to anyone willing to buy he still he steals the image in her kiss from her heart's apocalypse from the one called what's her name so i feel like this verse might be talking about Hope's, like, abandonment issues and the fact that she wants to keep um, people in her life, even if her relationships aren't good for her. Quote, Um, anyone willing to buy. Yeah, exactly. Um, Like, she wants to keep that relationship with Landon, regardless of whether it's good or good or not because it means that she's not alone um and i think that 
invested so much into it. She doesn't want to think it's all for nothing. And especially mm -hmm. the thing, believe, like, she doesn't, she just wants someone to be present even if he's not truly present with her. Right, yeah. Um, but then I think especially the second half is kind of insightful, potentially, if we're not wrong. Um, where Let Letter bomb? He, no, I mean the second part of the verse, where it says he steals the image in her kiss from her heart's mm -hmm. apocalypse. Um, so I think this is kind of talking about how Landon takes her identity, which we already have talked about. Um, yes. Where Landon likes the image of her, and even, like, the line from the one called What's-Her-Name, like, she's not, for him, he she's not, like, who she is. She's not, like, Hope Michelson, or she is Hope Michelson. She's not, like, Hope. Um, for him, it's, like, the relationship is more about the image of the relationship than actually seeing, like, her true self. And, yeah. um... He cares about that image, that being with her. Preserving her, that, yeah. oh, the badass tribrid and the fucking phoenix. Yeah. Um, like, he just, he wants to take on that, like, because he doesn't have a, a proper family of his own or, like, a proper legacy. The legacy he does have, he is aware of, is, like, a literal monstrous one. So yeah. he's, like attached himself yeah uh to hope in the way that he wants to he craves uh validation and he craves living vicariously through her yeah image and her name and her name being like the like of the michelson lineage and yeah. he's just yeah so he steals the image in her kiss you know yeah so like their relationship as it carries on like she's becoming less of herself and right yeah it's the image of her as like the special one like the one that stands out but also the hero and we even see like over and over again landon wants saying, to be a hero yeah the hero exactly so i feel like potentially that could be what it's pointing at is that what he wants out of the relationship is more of an image than his like true feelings for her yeah, so um, if this or at is least all from like, Josie's perspective. Yeah, Josie's perspective. So she's like sensing his bullshit, especially with the way that how much we can get from the way that she set up that conversation with Landon. Like, I don't get Elena. Like, mm -hmm. <laughs> what is it? She's selfish or something <laughs> like that. And then it, um, like, oh, no, 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 she wasn't talking about Elena, was she? No. Eventually she was like, but why did you have, like, the last song in the musical be about dying love? I mean, Elena's just have has all this, like, heartbreak and grief. Why would she sing about that? And Lennon's like, because I think that love is about never giving up on your, no matter what. And she's like, you sure about that? Um, pulls up their seats. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly, though. She's sort of calling him out on this bullshit where she looks at their relationship from outside and I think that she's sort of seeing that he's let Hope down multiple times, which in this part of the song, um, the chorus is basically she gets so sick of crying, so she's seeing him let her down 
over and over again. And yeah, just like in the beginning of the episode where she was like, your feet physically moved away from me in a direction yeah. that was opposite. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, I, I, I wasn't walking away. Like, yes, you were. I wasn't walking away from the relationship. Like, yes, you are. <laughs> it's so funny that they're in completely opposite pages. Hope is like, you know, in order to have couples therapy, we'd have to be a couple for one thing. And then it's like, I don't know what we are. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. She but just think, said it. Yeah. Like, this is so interesting if it's in, like, chronological order and we're right about where it falls because it just shows that Josie's sort of seeing through that before anyone else does, before Hope does. Um, yes. And I feel like that line where she calls him out and says, you've already given up on her more than once, like, that's reflecting that. It's reflecting her looking at the relationship from the outside and then saying, well, you say all these things, but it's, like, not what you do in action. And I think that that's why I think... Which I could, I could be, like, totally wrong about. But <laughs> that's why I think this part of the song is um, reflecting Josie looking at Hope and Landon from the outside because she cares about Hope and she's upset about seeing hope let down over and over again and in this She's pattern frustrated yeah because she wants to i feel like um the song might not tell us but like understanding josie's character it feels like she wants to confront landon even more and she mm -hmm. wants to also tell hope but she's also avoiding hope yeah because she feels like hope is avoiding her and so it's just like this like oh i don't belong here but i also like i it's make it's making me sick to my stomach to fucking see handon like the way that landon is right. constantly letting her down and she cares so much about hope yeah yeah even like the first um stanza says she's an extraordinary girl i mean who else is extraordinary if not hope um mm -hmm in an ordinary world and she can't seem to get away so it's like the whole the whole point is about her being in this relationship that she can't escape and i think that it's interesting because grouping these together where the first part of the song is in this like third person ex um perspective and then the second part is actually in like second the person ordinary girl's perspective i think yeah that's how it is in like the musical but i feel like if kaylee's like reinterpreting it right letter bomb would be in josie's perspective because that would mm -hmm. at that point be 304 where she's more she's taking on this yeah i actually think it's the same it's like a from 303 into 304 where she's mm -hmm. making that decision of whether or not to stay. Yes. Um, um, and we talked about this before, where it's interesting how in 304, she kept, like, debating with herself whether this was, like, a choice for her that she should mm -hmm. make or shouldn't make. Is this the right thing to do? And it's interesting that um, she held off until the very end of the fireplace with Lizzie, but in that same exact moment in 304, this was when Hope had part two erased herself from the collective conscious. So then technically there wasn't that Hope block in her mind. Mm -hmm. So 
she didn't have like that her to literally consider so now she kind of had nothing left to stop her so then she was like lizzie i think this is the perfect like i'm going to go now she was like super like ready but she was like as long as you're okay with it and so then she yeah. makes her decision without literally hope um on her mind yeah it's i think it was hope that yeah. was like holding her back um yeah especially because with this song but i think she would have chosen to leave regardless yeah maybe if she had maybe she would have like dilly dallied a tad longer yeah but this was like the the last yeah. piece song, the last moment yeah this one i feel like i it can be interpreted in so many different ways which is just true like of the song in general but after i like sat down and thought about it for probably way too long objectively um <laughs> <laughs> It's just so interesting to me the way this like maps up out with like Josie's mindset and with her like her dealing with the fallout of Dark Josie. Um Yes. Just based on like I don't know, it just maps out so well. So I think like we should talk about the story of the album a little bit in more detail. Um so the background of the album is basically like it's a story album, so the protagonist, um, he comes from, like, this town, and he's, like, a rebel or whatever. Um, he calls himself the Jesus of Suburbia, and he, like, is really, he's an outspoken atheist, and he's, like, an anarchist and everything. Um, and he comes from, like, a broken home, and he ends up running away, so he, like, leaves town, and then that's the song that a lot of people have heard the Boulevard of Broken Dreams. Dreams. Yeah. Yes. Or it's I like I walk this road or whatever. Um. <laughs> exactly. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Thanks for that. That's good. Um. No, it wasn't. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> um. Yeah. So he leaves town, and then as soon as he like leaves town, he's like uncertain of his decision a little bit. Because he doesn't have money. He doesn't have a destination. He's just, Broke. like, leaving. Because he's fleeing from the town, basically. Fleeing from, like, his family and everything. Um, so there's, like, a whole... Like, all of the songs preceding this song in the album sort of lay that out. Where And in the musical, it would be, like, the story. So if she saw the musical, then she would know all this. Um, yep. And I but think yeah. music means that much to her that she would, like, recognize that and um, relate that to Josie, yeah. her headspace in episodes two. Uh, wait, no, she's not in two. Um, probably, like, behind the scenes of two, though. Like, that's the Boulevard of Broken Dreams part, if you will, I guess. Um, but it's definitely, yeah. certainly, episodes three and four, that sort of thing. Yeah, I'd say this probably falls at the end of three and like into four mm -hmm. definitely um the musical episode yeah exactly like letter bomb i think is her decision to leave and it's like but it's more than that it's like her huge conflict because in the album it's so interesting how it actually just maps onto josie's story um mm -hmm. because it I goes yeah 
he goes and then he's fleeing town and he's like really uncertain about it he doesn't have any money or like any security at all so he ends up i'm pretty sure he ends up like on the streets or some sort of equivalent to that um and in the story album and in the musical basically what happens is he develops like an alter ego um called saint jimmy that's like his defense mechanism um with, with green day it's like drugs so right it's all well, a metaphor he's like full he's like super violent actually oh. um he's like but yeah he's like green day associates like saint jimmy basically is like all of his vices so like he uses a ton of drugs he's like super self-destructive and he's super violent and like rageful um because mm -hmm. he's his his mind has basically like produced this alter ego to protect him while he's on the street so every time that he's in like a situation um this alter ego takes over and he sort of names it as if it's like a separate entity so um, he can like escape accountability yeah exactly um, um and then so after that he meets his love interest who's called like what's her name <laughs> literally what's her name yeah they have like a relationship that goes catastrophic pretty quick and um letter bomb is what's her name breaking it's like half of um it's him internalizing this letter that what's her name to him to break up with him um so she writes certain things in the song in the letter so mm -hmm. she wrote like the part that's about the town bishops and extortionists and you don't even know that you exist standing still when it's do or die you better run for your fucking life in the original like that's um basically her telling saint jimmy that his whole like crusade against the catholic church who like his whole rationale is like oh they exploit people's fear or whatever um yeah like what's her name's telling him that that entire thing is pointless crusade and futile. yeah yeah like, it's, like, a waste of his time, and he would be better off, like, moving on. Um, but what I think is really interesting about the song is that, is this verse that says, You're not the Jesus of suburbia. The Saint Jimmy is a figment of your father's rage, and your mm -hmm. mother's love made me the idiot America. Yes, I love this, the pre-chorus. Um, I think it definitely is so this song is meant to be um sung in the or it's supposed to be coming from what's her name's point of view so that was always the intention uh, that billy joe armstrong confirms um so basically it's what's her name calling out the saint jimmy and the jesus of suburbia are one in the same mm -hmm. basically she's like you can't just create like a physical manifestation of like your vices no you need to accept mm -hmm. and take accountability that um you can't just like separate yourself from that you have to just you're one in the same um it's not a figment or it is a figment of like all of your vices 
Right, exactly. Like, this whole message that she's sending to him is basically um, he tries to take his bad actions um, and, like, his violence and his rage and, like, his drug use and everything and act like it's, like, a something that's, like, possessing him that's not him because he yeah. can't, like, handle the guilt of taking the responsibility for those actions. Yep. So, in relation to Josie... Yes. Basically, like, what's going on in her mind at this point is she's struggling to, like, integrate Dark Josie and Josie and, like, figure out which of those actions she's responsible for. Um, And it reminds me of when Hope and Josie are in Josie's subconscious... um, and Hope's, like, trying to get Josie to fight back against Dark Josie. Um, Hope is like, Joe, she is you. Yeah, exactly. So Josie's like, oh, she, I can't, like, win. She's more powerful than I am. And then Hope says, Joe, she is you. So that message is basically this verse. Yes. She's like, I mean, your subconscious created a fairy tale that the good you is weak and then the powerful you is evil so Mm -hmm. (laughs) and and then Josie's like left to sit there and she's like huh change the story okay and then like in comes like it's interesting that it's kind of like how we saw in episode five where immediately when um someone brought up Jandon or Josie Hope's own subconscious just like deflected and like Mm -hmm. killed them and that's exactly what we saw in the subconscious in the fairy tale as soon as like hope brought that up and as soon as Josie like um thought about changing the story because hope was inspiring her that's when dark Josie all of a sudden appears because like you know dark Josie is a part of her imagination imagination so if dark Josie appears that's only because like Josie like subconsciously is like thinking of deflecting that because she doesn't want to believe that she can change mm-hmm. the story and like you know like five minutes later she's in the cabin she's like not having a great time where her subconscious is telling her like you're so you're so weak and so cry baby and then Josie literally has a whole montage in her head and we can hear Hope's voiceover of the same exact conversation she had five minutes ago and then that's right. when she's like oh I am strong Hope right is good and she's strong <laughs> like god they're so gay anyways um, <laughs> yeah it, but i think this, that's so cool about this song is that like this verse is hope like that message is hope yeah um which she's is just her so, name in that way yeah it's so interesting to me because like what it means is that hope's helping her to like learn this lesson of like integrating her personality yes and I think it's interesting. So that's like one interpretation. Another interpretation I really enjoy is that this song where it's about, um, what's her name? Letter bomb, I mean. So this song is like, what's her name? Calling out St. Jimmy and uh, the Jesus of Suburbia and saying, yeah, you're full of shit. This is like all of you. You can't just like not accept accountability. That's literally what we saw in the musical episode in the gym. She did not come in there to, like, stroke his ego or anything or be like, oh, the musical's great. No, she came in there to, like, cut him down and was, like, calling him out for his bullshit, which is exactly how the letter bomb, which is what a letter bomb is. It, A letter bomb is an extremely, like, harmful letter, either, like, physically or emotionally, 
and that's exactly what Josie dropped. Um, she dropped a letter bomb on Landon. So I think it's interesting that mm-hmm. Landon, um, if he is the Jesus of suburbia slash St. Jimmy, the St. Jimmy part of himself is the Landon that continues to fail hope and leads, etc. Um, he's the, the, because like, what did you say? Like St. Jimmy is just a, it's an accumulation or like of it's all like the, def- it's a defense mechanism. mechanisms in his experiences, which is like how Landon has learned to cope in his like 18 years of boyhood. <laughs> um, so, and the Jesus, yeah, the, the Jesus of suburbia part of Landon is the one that like is the good half that parades on uh, with hope and is like, oh yeah, I'm, I'm such a great boyfriend. I'm the great almighty tri-bridge phoenix. And like, I, I'm, I'm going to be a hero for your hope. I'm going to be the hero, uh, co-hero, blah, blah, blah. But then like, yeah, then there's the St. Jimmy half of Landon that like continues to not be, he's not able to perceive that he's being insensitive to hope, for example, in the musical where he's literally like caricaturing her family. And Josie recognizes that being in his place, like where she had to integrate two halves of herself. And Josie's like, fuck you. (laughs) You gave up on hope like twice. I see you. Like that was you, Landon. Mm -hmm. And now, yeah. Well, I think this song that's why like i'm so impressed with the song i guess because it's so like in legacies all the characters are just like hope josie and landon they all have this duality going on especially right now um Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and like handon's relationship has this duality that's more of like a pendulum swing of like oh everything's terrible and like you don't even love me and then all of a sudden we're like perfect nothing's wrong with us um, yes, and that is emphasized with not only the lighting, but like the it's the shots. Everything is just everyone on that team in Legacies is like, okay, we're gonna just throw out all the duality symbolism and yeah. let the audience like realize that. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I think this this song, like parts of it, I think definitely like she's probably looking at it in terms of that alter ego and trying to integrate it like I think that's where Josie is right now is she's struggling to like move on from all of that and process like who she is and how that like affects who she is and taking responsibility without like just drowning in guilt like that's where she is right now but in the song there's also like elements of codependency um that make it seem like Like, she's thinking about um, wanting to take on, like, the problems of somebody else. Like, what's her name? Like, her, she's, like, tempted to be codependent right now by something. And I think it's by Handon. Mm-hmm. Like, when in this stanza it says, It's not over till you're underground. It's not over before it's too late. The city's burning. It's not my burden. So, like, that part. Oh, yeah. The city's burning. It's not my burden. Basically, like, she's watching something fall apart, and I think it's Handon, and inside, like, internally, she's 
instinctually she wants to like help or fix it um yeah you know but she doesn't that... want to fall back in that pattern and i think that's part of why oh my gosh that totally goes with unprodigal daughter because one of the lines of unprodigal daughter is uh disenchanted daughter and this plane cannot fly fast enough unencumbered daughter hit the ground running at last so unencumbered is like what the song goes by they keep uh um, Unprodigal Daughter keeps, like, using, like, unwords, just making up new words. So, uncumbered is to restrict or burden someone or something. And in the Green Day song, like how you said, um, this city's burning, it's not my burden. So she just wants to escape this. Mm -hmm. Um, she, she, like you said, she wants to, like, she wants to she's observing Handon going through this shit and she feels like she can't leave until she sees it out but also she realizes it's not her burden so mm -hmm. she has to um unencumber herself yeah and there's also she like has to get the, the fuck out of there yeah there's also like the futility of it like that's what the song the song's like super nihilistic and yes that <laughs> That first, that's, that's, that's emo for you, pop rock <laughs> alternative. Yeah, but like it's extra nihilistic. Um, <laughs> yeah, like that verse that's you're not the Jesus of suburbia, the Saint Jimmy is a figment of your father's rage and your mother's love. So, if that is like this whole verse, regardless of like if she's referring to herself or Landon, um, it's like about futile effort. Yep, and it's she's about, like exhausting it's, yourself by it's realizing she has to just step away from it and quote like let it see it's not over till you're underground so basically she's just like you know what it's going to crash and fail but like that's not on me it's not my burden i have to like leave mm -hmm. because it's exhausting to see my best friend go through such shit but like like good for her because that's self-care that's not like selfish of her like at th in yeah. this point at this point of her life she needs like self-care and she needs to step away from that so yeah that's why it reminds me of mm -hmm. penelope yes um and basically like because she's yeah i think in the musical like that line where she comes at landon um it's like she wants to do that. She wants to talk some sense into both of them, but she is struggling with like this codependency and not wanting to take on their stress as her own. Um, yeah. and Which is watching fine because hope. it's not her stress. Yeah, exactly. And watching like hope just go in this pattern and hope doesn't seem like she's going to figure it out anytime soon. Um, at first, yeah. So she, so Josie's like similar to how Penelope realized that. How did you describe it? You did a really good thread on this. You were like Penelope. Oh. Yes. She was very on. like paternalistic. Um, so she was very manipulative, um, but she was She's doing cunning. it and like yeah, she was doing it to try and get like Josie to build a backbone in like the most elaborate way. Um, but it was like a. It's like a very paternalistic way of like helping somebody to grow and to like grow a backbone basically like she was trying to 
manipulate a situation, like manipulate um, the football game so that Lizzie would try to reject against Alaric when he wasn't there and try to win and Josie would have to stand up for herself if she wanted to like push back against Lizzie's ego trying to do that um, if she wanted to like stay in Alaric's good graces so like Penelope orchestrated that whole entire thing it was like mm -hmm. completely calculated from episode one and yeah like everything i do on is on purpose like she yeah. meant that um but it came to a point in episode 14 where she realized no this is like exhaust she's exhausting herself this is a futile attempt and she just had to like leave for my own mental health right um like she didn't to want Belgium. to stay and watch yeah which is like fine because that's also like self-care mm -hmm. like good for you penelope um but also like don't don't manipulate situations to build a backbone right. for your significant well, other. That's yeah, but I think that's what's going on here is that Josie's like tempted to do that, and <laughs> she is. She doesn't want to take on that role though. She doesn't want to be like paternalistic with hope. Yeah, so she, she... wants to like back away because she learned from that relationship, um, mm -hmm. like how that made her feel and everything. Yeah, uh, she doesn't want to make hope feel that way, so she. You know, she's tempted to do it, and I think that her, that line that she drops to Landon is, like, she's clearly ten tempted to, like, get in the relationship and, like, fix it. Um, yeah. And be like, you um... can't just keep leaving. <laughs> um, but And it's funny, like, her influence had already affected the play, the final song, the... She was like, mm -hmm. this song doesn't make any sense. Elena just lost everyone. Why is this song, like, right after she had all, has all this grief? And then Landon is like, because I blah, blah, blah. And Josie, like, knew. She mm -hmm. knew that was the wrong <laughs> answer. She's playing chess, okay? Yeah. <laughs> so she al had already affected it because, you know, like, the song that we hear that Danielle sings, Always and Tomorrow, that is not about undying love that is literally about dying love this the title is always in tomorrow if that doesn't scream like limited <laughs> i don't know what else does but mm -hmm. it's funny because that means that the original song in the gym scene that was in landon's hands would have been probably always and to always and forever and yeah. the lyrics probably would have been about undying love just like how josie originally describes it yeah, and you can tell because after that line, after that scene where she delivers the line, he's, like, in the library, like, trying to rewrite. <laughs> yeah. He's like, what story do I want to tell? Because that yes. one's fake. And she basically um, told him that. <laughs> I think it's so cool to have this playlist and to have, like, insight, insight into Joe's. Like, she's having, like, a mental break. Or she already did, obviously, but... <laughs> Like, she's recovering from a, a mental break, and that doesn't just, like, happen in five minutes off screen when you're oh, in no. Europe. So she's still going through it. And I think yeah, the next and... song actually shows that, right? Next song oh, yes. is so, Bird Ride. Um, so, yeah, just like how you said, like, we're, it's funny, when you read the lyrics first, um, the all tracks of her playlist, the lyrics give, like, a a sense that oh no she's going through an emo phase in the first two songs okay and the third song soulward rise if you just read the lyrics mind you 
it would give the sense that, oh, Josie just fixed it. Okay. <laughs> That's a little too fast, Legacies writers. Um, <laughs> yeah. But, uh... but <laughs> I love your analysis on this. Yeah, I feel like if you if you read the lyrics to it, it's um, super positive. It looks like she went to Europe and um, she saw a therapist there, I guess. Um, <laughs> or like, they had a therapy box. Because I read the lyrics first, like, I don't think, like, I wasn't, like, in a place where I could actually listen to the song. So I just opened the lyrics because I wanted, like, a idea of um, the general storyline. And I was like, oh, I guess, like, it literally, it literally says, I believe in open doors I've taken off the screen. So, He's like, taken off the screen. Yeah, like, <laughs> off screen. <laughs> off screen, she, you know, sorted everything out and <laughs> just believes in open doors now. Um, like, that's what I got from it from just the lyrics, is that it looks like so, like, uplifting. But then I listened mm-hmm. to the actual music and I was like, what is going on here? Because. I expected it to be in a major key because that's like a happy key. Um, yeah. Different like different keys are associated with different moods in music, and like mm-hmm. the major minor thing is generally like the most obvious one. Um, where like minor songs in general will sound like sadder, and major songs are like triumphant happier or whatever but this song is in so, c minor yeah. um which is like the key that's associated with like being lovesick and heartbroken and longing for something mm-hmm. so like the second i heard it i was like oh what's going on here because <laughs> the <laughs> yeah the lyrics don't line up with the music at all like the vibe that the song's sending is not happy uplifted um excited like every single line kind of ends on like it doesn't come back to like the home note like you'd think yeah so this song um kaylee chose this purposefully obviously if she's going to get into the headspace of josie she's going to be listening to these songs on loop a lot a lot and it's like there are so many songs out there in the world that would be like inspiring and like opening new doors, yada yada. And then she chose the one that just doesn't sound like you're opening new doors. Like <laughs> musically, it sounds right. like you're going through shit and is like convincing yourself. So um, it's how mm-hmm. you described it. It's like the musical version of a 180 break where the listener mm-hmm. is like getting into this sense that it's like, mourning some loss but then the lyrics are like yeah. on a positive note so you're like disoriented yeah i would and... say like the lyrics are like what would be on the surface of it where like that's what people generally listen to when they're trying to get the message of a song is the lyrics um so on the surface this looks like a very positive song um but when you listen to it it's purposefully disorienting so there's something like it's showing that there's like something off there's like something uh that's not in line the lyrics and the music are not they're not like communicating with each other um so that makes me feel like this song like strikes me as like when you first start to say positive affirmations to yourself um 
before you believe them. That's mm-hmm. where I feel. That's where I feel like it's at. Um, so it's like positive affirmations are like, oh, like I'm worth something. Um, if people don't have that belief, there's like a dissonance um, when they say that to themselves, where it doesn't feel right. It feels like putting it feels a like, band-aid, but yeah, not like like yeah, fully feels healing like, the source. Yeah, it feels like you're like saying something you don't fully believe, but you think that you should believe it, so you're going to repeat it to yourself over and over again until you believe it. That's what mm-hmm. it feels like to me. And um, so Kaylee first teased that she was listening to Soulbird Rise on October 30th. And then we also got a selfie where she's in her outfit for episode 5. And it's interesting that so I think she was giving us a hint. She is so Josie. <laughs> Josie in episode five, she is like convincing herself with these affirmations, like, oh yeah, I need to I need to disengage from Handon. I need to just, you know, go through my own thing. I need to do some soul searching here and I need to open new doors. I need to believe this. And it's funny how that conveniently goes along with Josie. Simu Josie in Hope Subconscious, where yeah. in the same episode, Simu slasher Landon tells Hope, I need you to believe that I'm dead. You haven't, you don't know why, truly why I'm dead, but I need you to believe that so you can let me go. And it's like, right. it's, it's interesting how those three characters' journeys are all intertwined. Yeah. So Josie I- needs to believe that she needs to let go of Handon um so, and yeah. she's everything and um dark josie as well but i think actually i just realized um the chorus of this kind of tells you that right away that it's not what it sounds like because the first two lines are silvered rise lift your eyes so it basically mm-hmm. is like saying that like that this person whoever it is the speaker like their eyes are downcast like at the moment Oh, um, yes. And they're telling yeah. themselves to lift them up, so. Yes, so this is certainly like a, like, yeah, I know you're down in the dumps right now, and you're going through some shit, but, you know, just, like, lift yeah. your head up. It's okay. Like Look up so you, have you to... can see that open door. Yes. <laughs> um, And that goes along with in episode five. So Soulboard Rise is certainly for episode five, and this would yep. make sense. Um, because Kaylee confirmed that Blueberry Sky is the next episode in the track list. Uh, Blueberry Sky is from Audrey Mika, is for episode six, which we have yet to see, but having that in mind, that would, you know, mean that this playlist is certainly sequential. Yeah, and that song is, like, even more of what this song is hinting at of like Mm -hmm. trying to pretend that you've gotten through your shit and moved on and let's let's talk about the next song i yeah she just um met finch in 305 so we can sort of assume that their relationship is going to develop more in 306 because she's still in mystic falls doing whatever um yeah, so it aligns with her headspace in 306. Do we do we remember if she's in the synopsis? Uh, I have to check. So, episode six, To Whom It May Concern, 
Um, welcome to the Salvatore School. After a sudden mass exodus of the school's student body, Alaric and the squad desperately try to recruit new students to keep the school afloat. Hope agrees to help Lizzie with the new student orientation. Josie enjoys a fresh start on her first day at Mystic Falls High, mm-hmm. while MG begins his semester of no. So yeah, so we, so the synopsis tells us exactly what we thought we were going to see. Josie yeah. enjoys a, a fresh start on her first day at Mystic Falls High. Yeah, uh, so I'd expect her to like interact with um, Finch definitely at lunch. <laughs> yeah, at lunch probably. Um, God. Ethan, if anything, but like, yeah, that's sort of like what her. Mystic Falls High storyline is revolving around, so I would expect we're going to get a bit more development with Finch. Um, so I feel like this song is yeah. in line with that. And also probably, like, see more, probably see more insight on why, like, Ethan is giving her, because so far we've only heard her end of it, and it feels like maybe, like, Ethan might tell Josie more on that, and that might also, like, influence the like her next steps in the relationship yeah so the lyrics i was confused about what i love now it's nothing it is a regular to be uncertain about your decisions so this i feel like is like she's doubting her decision to (laughs) to go to as um, one does yeah to go to mystic falls um the decisions that she made basically in like the last song (laughs) says sometimes i want to take it all back and then redo it again um because things happen for a reason and now i feel like i'm cheesing so i feel like this is just like really i mean that's interesting to me because it took me like a minute to realize that like the line and now i feel like i'm cheesing is like like, what that means is that when somebody takes a picture of you, they say, like, say cheese, and you have to, like, put on a fake mm-hmm. smile and, like, pretend to be happy. Like, that's what it's sort of, A forced like... smile. Yeah. And that so goes it's... with, like, the title of this whole song, Blueberry Skies, and the lyrics. Right. Have, yeah. Like, that's blueberry the skies part. in the middle of the desert. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It says it's, like, blueberry skies in the middle of the desert, so I feel like... Like, this song's kind of like, it takes a minute to interpret, but it's kind of obvious in a way. Like, when you're in a desert, what do you want? You want water. Water. Um, so what do blueberry skies give you in the desert? Nothing, except it looks like water. It's the same color, but it doesn't serve, like, the actual purpose. So it's, like, this, like, fake... I don't know, everything about the song is, like, some sort of like fakeness going on Uh, like faking happiness faking um, a replacement um to cover up like what you really need and is necessary yeah like it looks like what you need but it isn't what you need and it goes it's interesting that like verse two goes i lost myself basically forcing myself to do this i'm now Mm -hmm. flat on the ground feeling level for once in my life I'd run away, away from prob- my problems, but they'd always catch up because things happen for a reason. And now I feel like I'm chasing. It's yep. interesting that, yeah, now she is currently on the other end of running away. So now she's 
school and she pushed herself. She basically forced myself to do this. Mm -hmm. The lyrics go. Um, She pushed herself to like go into this. Yeah, move on. Because again, she's like resigned in that she just has to like allow Handon to crash and burn and go six feet under because that is just what um, Hope needs to go through. She can't interfere because that's not, not up to her, which is like totally fine. It shouldn't be up to her. Yeah, she's trying to move on from that entire, like, how she feels about Hope, I think. She's trying to force herself to to move on, which I think is sort of this entire song. To me, that's what it's saying. Is that it's, like, faking this sort of... Again, it's kind of like an affirmation. Like, she knows that this is... Or she's convinced herself that this is what's best for her. And she's going through the motions until it, like, feels right. Um, like, verse, like, the second verse, it says, Close that door, open a new one. No, you're not alone when it goes wrong. It hurts my heart to let it go, then try a new one. But it's the best. I couldn't have asked for a better decision. I will devote my life to it. So, like... It hurts my heart to let it go and try a new one. Like, it's kind of clearly, like, she's moving on to someone else because she feels that it's what's best for her. Um, But it's also this, like, fake happiness. It's this, like, um, it's not a sustaining relation and replacement. It is a blueberry skies when she's seeking water. But she's invested um, in it being the right decision. Yeah, um, she wants to. She put, wants to devote her whole life to it. So like, she wants to tell herself that she needs to move on from yeah. Handon and from Hope. Yeah, it's not like a choice that she's taken lightly. Yeah, it's something that she deliberated over and she made that decision, and now she's certain that it's the right decision, and she's sort of committing herself to it. Um, yeah, and this would have like throwing her whole self into that relation, like new relationship. And she made like that decision, like, oh yeah, I'm going to go to Mystic Falls at the end of thirty four. But then three weeks would have supposedly passed, and she still decided to go. And in those three weeks, she would have like observed Landon dead and Hope still obsessing over that. Mm-hmm. So that probably like further drove her to like, well, you know, Hope needs to work on herself, and I. Like, she needs to do that um, work. Um, And it's just self-care if I do my own work, too, because, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think what's interesting about, like, that song is that it's about, like, forcing yourself to move on, I think. Mm -hmm. Even though it feels, like, inauthentic. Um. Which I feel like, yeah, like, I'm interpreting in that way because songs later in the playlist are, like, breakup songs. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So I feel like part of, like, interpreting the song is my interpretations of the later songs. Yes, definitely. And in the next episode of The Hosey Show, we'll be discussing the second half of the playlist. So be sure to check that out. Thanks for listening.